Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Call Me Cat. Thank you for joining me. Um, on this episode, I'm going to discuss, I just want to give a bit of a trigger warning, I'm going to discuss mental health and suicide. Um, so just so you're aware, um, so I'm just going to get stuck in. Um, last month, it's currently February 2022, last month, um, the world and the pageant world in particular suffered an extremely tragic loss in the death of Chesley Christ. Um, she was such a bright light within the pageant community and beyond. Uh, you know, her work didn't just, wasn't just within the competition world, Miss Universe world. I mean, she reached far beyond. And unfortunately, at 30 years old, Chesley took her own life um, in January of this year. And for those who knew her and had ever met her, it was extremely hard to comprehend and to try and comprehend life without her. Um, and to say that she was such an influence I mean I struggle for words to describe how much of an impact that she had and um, she truly was one of a kind she was so intelligent and smart and engaging and just she broke through so many barriers and she talked about this about encouraging other women to break through those glass ceilings and when I saw the news about Chesley's death I thought they they got the wrong person it's been misreported, you know, um, and, and unfortunately it wasn't. Um, and now the people around Chesley, I suppose anyone in the pageant community is just trying to understand, you know, what happened and, and how we can remember her in the best way possible. Because although Chesley may not be with us anymore, um, you know, the legacy that she had and the impact that she has will live on because she was so impactful um, in her time. So a bit of a background, Chesley, before she won Miss USA, she won Miss USA in 2019, or 20, yeah, 2019. Um, and she was top 10 at Miss Universe um, that year. That was the year that Zosie Toonsie won. And the two of them lived together in New York City throughout COVID. And they were fantastic despite having to do their reign through lockdown. It didn't face them. Um, prior to that, Chesley was an attorney. She worked as an attorney. And she was the oldest woman to ever win Miss USA. And actually, so she she was 28 and she won Miss USA, so the oldest woman to win Miss USA. And actually, after she won, people petitioned to lower the age limit as if, I, I mean, I don't really understand it myself. And I suppose actually it's one of, again, one of those beauty standards that has been so imposed on women. And so, you know, because... I, when I was growing up, you know, you'd always hear women, oh no, not talking about their age or oh no, I'm still 30, I'm going to be 30 forever and whatever. But why do we have this idea that once women get to a certain age, that they're no longer, they're no longer useful, they have nothing else to offer, as if like at the strike of midnight, once you turn 30, then you're past your best, you know, and... It is quite upsetting to hear and when you actually break it down like that and you go, oh, right, yeah, okay. Because again, it's one of those things that was so normal, was normalized for so long. And, you know, and I think, again, I do think sometimes it comes down to the fact that men, you know, not to, and I'm not, again, not pitting men against women, but men don't really have the same age constraints in many ways that women do purely from like a, a trying to like motherhood you know and I suppose we can't really deny there is a bit of a biological clock there so I do think that's why those limitations have been placed on women um but anyway 
So Chesley spoke openly about um, the pressures that she felt around her age and um, the fact that she felt this massively as she was turning 30. Um, So she turned 30 last year. And I think, you know, my experience from competing at Miss Universe and Miss World and being in, in this sort of community is that no, so I'm tw- I'm currently 27 and no 27 year old is the same and no 18 year old is the same. And actually one of the girls in my group at Miss Universe um, was Miss Cayman Islands and she was only 18, 19. She was so, and I, I actually sometimes feel bad for saying this because as if she shouldn't be, but I know personally at 18, I wasn't as switched on as she was, but she was so intelligent and smart and confident. And so it just, there is no limit and there are no two people are the same, but for some reason, there is this limitation on women and all of a sudden turning 30 is like this big dreaded event and, you know, and oh, after 30, it's all downhill. No, that's absolutely not the case. And personally, I just find the older I get, the better my life becomes, which I'm extremely grateful for. But um, Chesley turned 30 last year and speaking about it, she said, this is a direct quote from an article that she did at the time. She said, a grinning, crinkly-eyed glance at my achievements thus far makes me giddy about laying the groundwork for more. But turning 30 feels like a cold reminder that I'm running out of time to matter in society's eyes. And it's infuriating. After a year like 2020, you would think we learned that growing old is a treasure and maturity is a gift that not everyone gets to enjoy. And that's so true. And Chesley, it was so incredible for this because she didn't, you know, she spoke out about that. And I think it's often something that we we all do think. And, you know, and I'm guilty of it too, going, oh God, I'm getting another year older. But actually, we should be saying, I'm getting another year older. I have another year on this earth. I have the chance because... And I think it's something as well I'm reminded of quite frequently in my line of work as a nurse that getting older is not a given, you know, and especially what we've been through over the last couple of years through COVID and everything like that, you know, it's growing old is not a given and it shouldn't be something that is dreaded. And I think it's really important that we do try to change that mindset. So that's something Chelsea really spoke about Um And she really spoke about the fact that age was a factor she felt she had to fight against. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the fact that age is a determining factor in how far a woman can succeed and, you know, when her time is up, essentially, um, you know, is, is so frustrating. And... I think as well, I definitely feel that level of pressure too, because as I say, I am 27 and I see these young 17, 18 year olds coming through and they're breaking into the industry and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, they're going to push me out of the way. Like I'm I'm 10 years older than them. I'm I'm no longer relevant. But Chelsea really spoke out about this and and was, she was a real trailblazer. Um, So she didn't stand by the typical pageant way of being politically neutral. Um, You know, she wasn't she was an extremely intelligent woman. She was extremely articulate in her ways and in the way that she voiced these things. Um, so in her job as an attorney, she vouched, vouched for justice reform. And she also did a lot of free legal work for those that were wrongfully imprisoned. And she was very pivotal and very open and honest and prevalent through the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, as a woman of colour, she spoke openly about these things that she had faced. And she said... Glass ceilings can be broken whether wearing either a skirt or pants. 
Don't tell females to wear different clothes while you give the men substantive feedback on their legal arguments. So basically she was saying that someone had made a comment to her that she would be taken more seriously if she was to wear a skirt or if she was to wear trousers. And the fact that, again, women are being judged on their appearance for how intelligent they can be is another thing that Chesley spoke openly about. Um And I think probably one of the hardest things about this is from an outsider looking in, Chesley had it all. She was thriving. She was living in New York City. She was so successful. When she won Miss USA, Miss USA tends to be one of the pageants I follow really closely. Um, And it's huge. And she was, she had competed again and again and again and time and time again to get her state pageant and then she won and she went on to win Miss USA and that was the last year that she could compete before the age limit and which again, you know, this age limit that is placed on women and she was so incredible and I think for me, Chesley was someone that I followed really closely because she seemed really not afraid to be herself, you know, not afraid to poke fun at herself, not afraid. She didn't take herself too seriously despite being, you know, having such a serious job as an attorney and and being so intelligent and, and, and smart. And I find often sometimes when there's somebody that you look up to, um, that they do not meet your expectations when you meet them in person. But at Miss Universe there in Israel, I got the chance to meet Chesley. I was so excited and a little bit starstruck because I have followed her journey so closely. And she could not have been kinder. She could not have been more engaging towards me. She was so kind. And I I went up to her and I spoke to her and I said, you know, Chesley, I'm such a massive fan of yours. I followed since you, you won Miss USA. And, and she was so engaging. She was asking me all about myself, all about who, how I was getting on. How did I find prelims? Like she even remembered my submission and she she was such a joy. It was such a joy of mine to get to meet her. And I know my my roommate, um, Iceland, Elisa, she was very jealous that I got to meet her. And um, yeah, she was just really, really a, an incredible woman. And I think often what happens in times like this, I suppose it's it's a stark reminder that you just never really know what, someone is facing and what someone is going through and I think often in these situations when somebody does take their own life we we look for those signs did we miss something was there something we could have done what can we learn from this and often the hardest part about this is that people who are struggling can be so good at hiding it and maybe if they are an extremely successful person they don't want to admit that they were struggling and and Chesley was living with high functioning depressing uh, depression and um, I was looking up online the, the easiest way to sort of explain this. Um, but I, this is a, a quote that I saw online. It said basically that when you're clinically depressed, you feel very sad or hopeless for no particular reason. And I think that this is often something people look for as a sign. Like what happened? Did she face or did they face some sort of trauma? Did they lose somebody? Did something happen at work? And often there isn't really a rhyme or reason to it. And I think that's why people struggle so much to talk about it. Because, you know, it's not as easy to say like, oh, why are you upset today? And you can say, well, this happened at work or somebody said this to me. But it's not always that easy. And um, I read online as well, you know, that depression is a a state of mind that people think you can control by thinking positively, but that's not always the case. And it is, it's a medical condition informed by a chemical, biological and structural imbalance that impacts your mood regulation. So often people with high functioning depression 
are very good at hiding it and masking it and turning it on. But as soon as they are behind closed doors, that's when things will hit them like a wave. Um, so I think some of the signs to look out for, if you think that maybe somebody around you is, is struggling, they could be, maybe you think that they're shutting themselves off a little bit more. They might be more reluctant to come to social events. They might be snappier. Um yeah more irritable like might be sleeping more they might be you know not focused you often you can find that somebody who's struggling with their mental health they're they're present with you but they're not present mentally and they're maybe you find that they're they seem like their mind is on something else um but those are just some things that you can look for if somebody is you think somebody is struggling um, but I wanted to do this episode about Chesley just very briefly because I know personally she was a queen that I looked up to and I'm so grateful that I got to meet her. I, I feel so lucky that I had the chance to meet her and have that conversation with her. And it really did. I remember I was telling all my friends at home as well who knew who she was, um, how wonderful she was to meet in person. And actually the previous Miss Universe Ireland, um, Fanula O'Reilly, knew her personally as well. And I, I reached out to Fanula and she said it's just really hard to swallow and to understand. And, you know, the world does feel a lot darker without Chesley in it. Um, and I just hope that her family and her friends find some sort of solace in the fact that the world was so rocked by her loss. Um, so please, if you are listening to this and you are struggling, um, please know that things can get better. Um, personally, uh, I've definitely struggled with emotional well-being before before even heading off to Miss Universe I was in a really dark place I was and again for not really any particular reason I think just a build-up of things and work and and life through the pandemic I, I was struggling big time and I think you never would have known that if you just watched my journey through um social media and I, I think that's maybe one thing we need to learn from this tragedy is that by talking more maybe we can help others out there so I have struggled with my mental health before I have reached out and I have sought help um I've spoken to my friends about it so please if you are struggling if you're finding it difficult you know and life is hard at the minute and I'm not saying that that sounds like I'm saying that really flippantly but you know work trying to find out you know I think often there are so many pressures put on us as well you know I'm 27 and a lot of my friends are getting engaged and getting married or having children and buying houses promotions and I'm personally not in the place to do any of those things and it's I think comparison you know it's comparison is a is the thief of joy and so it's very easy when you compare your life to others to say oh well they've got all this and I don't and to reflect negatively on yourself but you ha- like look at yourself and see how far you've come and see what you have to be grateful for and nobody's lives are the same no two people are the same so please if you're struggling it- it's okay to have those bad days and it's okay to admit that things are hard because that's normal that's a very normal thing and um, I think it's so important as well like to to almost look at your mental and emotional health as a uh, you know, like how you would treat your physical health. Like, so for example, if you had a sore head, you might take some paracetamol or if you had an ongoing sports injury or something, you would go and seek medical help. But why do we not pay the same attention to our emotional well-being? And why why do we struggle so much to 
talk about it and figure it out and I and it's not as simple as that because emotions are more complicated and it's not as black and white as say breaking a bone or, or whatever um, but equally neither is independent of the other so if you're struggling physically it could be impacting your emotional well-being or if you're struggling emotionally it may be impacting your um, physical well-being so for example you might feel like you're losing weight or gaining weight or you've no you've no energy to do anything or that sort of thing so the two are so linked so what I'm trying to say is it's it is easier for us to look at our physical health but don't neglect your emotional well-being because the two impact on each other and really there's there are a lot more there are a lot of options out there for us to seek help and if you're afraid to to speak to a member of your family or friends you know, or somebody in work, there are anonymous places that you can go if you feel like you don't, you're not ready to have that conversation, you know. So, um, but I just want you to know that if you are listening to this and you have struggled, that your future can be can be really bright and the world is better for for you being in it. Um, and I know that, that Chesley is no longer with us, but her light will continue to shine and her legacy will continue and she will never be forgotten because the impact that she had on myself and so many others around the world. And she really was, she was incredible. And um, I just wanted to do an episode celebrating her life and her work and her legacy and all the wonderful things she stood for and that she will continue to stand for because people will not let her flame go out because she was she was so incredible. So thank you for listening to this episode. I just wanted to throw some resources out there as well. Um, don't underestimate the services that your workplace might offer as well. If you're employed, um, if you're a student or you're at school, don't be afraid to reach out to teachers or or maybe you've got a nurse or somebody in your school that you can speak to or somebody in pastoral care um, or the help that your GP might have for you. Um, equally, if you feel like these are things that you're not quite ready to um reach out and speak to people that you know you can ring Samaritans 116123 that's free from any phone you can ring 111 on the NHS um, there's a, a text service if you feel like you actually don't want to talk to somebody um, you can text shout to 85258 um, and then there's there's another website that I found called Mental Health Matters which is a website and it covers loads of different topics and breaks it all down um, and I think ultimately hopefully what we can we can learn from this is just to be kinder to ourselves because life there's a lot of things that life can throw at you and you don't have to be tough all the time and I think it's really important to give yourself credit and I know if I'm having a bad day there are simple things I can do maybe getting a little bit more sleep drinking a bit more water trying to eat a little bit better going for a walk and you know what? Say if you need to have a cry, just cry. Get it out and have a cry and you will feel better for that. But please know that the world is a better place for you in it. And I just want to, again, pay my respects to Chesley Christ and her family and to everyone that knew her and loved her um, all around the world. And my thoughts are with them and have been for the last few weeks. And I just hope as I said, that they find some peace in knowing that the impact that Chesley had was so widespread and she will never be forgotten as a member of the pageant community and beyond. Um, 
so anyway I just want to say thank you for listening um, I'm going to put some of those um, resources for mental health and emotional well-being in the little bio as well if you want to look at it there and of course I will be back soon with another episode of Call Me Cat. and thank you for listening and I hope you have a lovely day Thank you.